You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week is Kaya Twisselman, who is a sixth-generation rancher on the central coast of California, and Danielle Beck, who is Executive Director of Government Affairs for NCBA. Kaya, Danielle, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, now, Kaya, yesterday you testified on behalf of NCBA before a a panel of federal uh, federal officials with um, the U.S. Department of Agriculture and Health and Human Services um, who are in charge of finalizing the new 2020 update to federal dietary guidelines. And you talked about um, your experience uh, in the beef industry and and your personal experience um, about having beef, especially lean beef, as part of a healthy diet and the improvements that you've made to your diet and your health over the past couple of years. Can you share with our our folks um, a little bit about what you told uh, the panel yesterday and what your experience has been over the last couple of years? Sure, absolutely. You know, I've got to say, Ed, yesterday it really felt like such a full circle moment for me. And the reason for that is, you know, I grew up on a cattle ranch here in rural California. My family has been ranching here for over 130 years. And so my heart has always really been tied to the beef industry growing up in production agriculture. And after I graduated from college, um, I moved to Germany for a year. And then when I came back, I started my first quote unquote big kid job at the Kentucky Beef Council. And so I have uh, been passionate about the beef industry from the production side and then also really passionate about the advocacy side as well, working in a role where I had the opportunity to really be a voice to bridge that gap between producers and consumers. And while I was in Kentucky, you know, I loved my job. I loved sharing, you know, beef's role in a healthy diet. And I loved talking about how farmers and ranchers were taking care of the livestock on the farm. But I always felt really hypocritical in that role. And it wasn't because I didn't believe the things I was saying was true. I knew how big and beneficial beef was when it came to incorporating in a healthy diet. But I knew that I wasn't really walking the talk. And I wasn't exactly this picture of health. So standing up in front of these registered dietitians, these health professionals, these influencers, teachers, parents, and touting beef's health benefits made me feel like I was doing a disservice to the beef industry because at the time I was really not my healthiest self. I weighed 285 pounds at my heaviest. And two years ago, I finally decided that I was ready to do something for myself. And I decided that I was going to start taking action towards becoming my healthiest self. And fast forward to today, I've lost over 125 pounds. And the greatest part of that is that I didn't do it with any fad diets, any shakes, programs, not even a gym membership. It was all about starting to move my body, strengthen my body, and eating with balance and moderation, and especially incorporating foods that I love, including beef. And beef has always been an important part of my diet, but, you know, I believe that it is a great source of, you know, 10 essential vitamins and nutrients in a small package in less than 200 calories. It's super versatile. You can pair it with all these different foods that I love so much. And just to be able to stay in that role yesterday, speaking on behalf of the U.S. beef industry and really share my own personal story and be an example of what that looks like, incorporating beef in a healthy diet, felt like such a proud moment for me. And I feel like it was it was so full circle to be able to really stand up there, I guess I should say, sit in front of a screen through a phone because COVID, but to really be able to say, you know, that I'm walking the talk and I can be an example of what beef looks like when it comes to transforming your life in a really healthy way. 
Yeah, and congratulations on your story, by the way. <clears throat> it is very inspirational, and um, thank you for getting involved and, and, and you know, sort of voicing your, your story. It was interesting as I was watching the, uh, the hearing yesterday online, um, it was a series of, of people, a lot of nutritionists, a lot of scientists um, who were, you know, very qualified to discuss dietary guidelines. But I don't think anybody else that testified had your unique personal story and your background in the industry. So um, hopefully um, the panel of federal officials heard that and, 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 it, and it, you know, hit them in a way um, that some of the other commenters didn't. Um, Danielle, I want to turn to you real quickly. Um, we are coming to uh, the close of the public comment period, and uh, I think that hits tomorrow, uh, Thursday at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. So everybody still has a little bit of time to get some comments in. Um, you don't, you know, not everybody got an opportunity to um, provide oral comments like Kaya did yesterday. You can still go to policy.ncba.org and submit written comments online. Um, Danielle, can you talk a little bit about sort of the end game here um, and how our comment campaign has gone over the last couple of weeks. Absolutely, Ed. So, you know, I think I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, any of the materials that we put out for our affiliates, but, you know, the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee process concluded with the publication of the scientific report that we had the benefit of Kaya speaking on yesterday. You know, that's the scientific process. And, you know, we at NCBA were really lucky to work uh, as one of the largest contractors to the beef checkoff uh, and engage substantively through the DGAC process, submitting, you know, 21 sets of comments with more than 100 research studies talking about the benefits of beef. And that was all thanks to the, the checkoff's leadership. Uh, I joke oftentimes, you know, as somebody with a political science major, my extent in the scientific realm is is really that degree. Um, but so much of what we do here in D.C. is translating uh, the science and what people far smarter than you know you and I may know uh, into everyday language that folks on Capitol Hill, folks at USDA, HHS, other regulatory agencies really can digest and understand. And you know that's exactly what USDA and HHS are doing right now. Uh, they have the the foundational scientific basis for what the 2020 guidelines will be, and now they want to hear from the average American, from the general public, about what makes sense in a, a healthful diet. You know, the dietary guidelines impact every single American, whether they realize it or not. And there are plenty of fad diets out there. There are plenty of different opportunities, approaches to getting in, you know, better shape, having a healthier diet. I think, you know, we're blessed because we couldn't find a better poster child than Kaya. Um, you know, beef fits in a, a healthy, balanced diet. You know, it's about moderation. It's about something that's practical and flexible that can be adopted in every single household for every single budget, you know, no matter how busy you are or whether you have ample time. Um, and really, it's critical for our beef producers to weigh in and engage at this point in time because that's what USDA and HHS are looking for. They want the practical application as they figure out how to translate the science into a language everyday Americans can understand for these 2020 to 2025 recommendations. So we've got one day left to comment. Uh, more than 22,000 comments have been submitted thus far, and that's in you know a 30-day time frame. It's a, a tremendous amount of engagement that we've seen from, from the public thus far. There were more than 30,000 comments submitted to the DGAC. So all in all, we're looking at more than 50,000 individual uh, comments and outreach here. Beef producers have done their part. We're looking really great in terms of our own engagement, but 
for those who haven't engaged yet, who haven't submitted their comments, uh, now is the time because input from our producers, input from uh, you know ranchers and farmers across the U.S. really does make a tremendous amount of difference uh, when it comes to the, the end product here. And there's plenty of engagement that we've seen from the anti-animal ag groups thus far. And so, uh, you know, having more and more beef producers weigh in provides a, a real true meaningful balance there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's easy to get a little bit cynical about politics sometimes. And, you know, I know a lot of people probably think, well, my voice doesn't really matter. Um, but I can tell you, somebody who's worked on Capitol Hill in an, in an administration and in and around this process for a long time, um, it really does matter. And Kai, I just want to finish with you. Can you just talk a little bit about um, the importance of folks getting involved in the process through a group like NCBA or state associations um, to make your voice heard as a real person who understands the issue firsthand as the policymakers uh, are deciding what to do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to what Danielle said, too, I think that, you know, us in the beef industry, we are we are so blessed to have such an awesome team, you know, up at D.C. working on behalf of us with the checkoff that is really working behind the scenes to do, um, you know, a lot of the scientific research piece. And so if you are a producer or a rancher and you're feeling like, well, what do I have to say that has to do with nutrition? Like, why is my voice valid? Because you don't feel that you're qualified. I want you to know that you absolutely are, because at the end of the day, of course, we need to have science that's backing up, you know, our stances and the decisions that we make in policy. But at the end of the day, people connect with people. And if you are a person, then your voice absolutely needs to be heard because your story is something that's going to make somebody else connect with you. And at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to making these decisions with policy or even just people making decisions when it comes to food for themselves at their home, they aren't going to think about like, oh, yeah, what did that scientific article say about what I should be eating today? You know, they're more likely to, you know, listen to what they heard from their neighbor or from a blogger they followed or from something they read on the Internet. And I think it's so important for us to really realize that our voices are so valid. And within an industry where we already are so few in the big picture of things, I think it's more important than ever that we really stand up and share our stories because, if we don't share our own story as a producer, then we're allowing other people to share that story for us. And they don't always portray it in an accurate or light way. Yeah, very well said. Um, so, Kaya, thank you again. Congratulations again on, on your success story. And thanks for getting involved. Um, Kaya and Danielle, thanks, thanks for joining so us. Thanks, Ed. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Get your public comments in at policy.ncba.org. And of course, follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.